party people. Welcome back to Hands Happenings, the corner of the internet where you have a friend. I'm so excited you decided to give this podcast a listen where myself and my friends just talk about random topics of life and it can be a little bit serious, can be a little bit fun. But yeah, thanks for being here. Hope you enjoy. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I have my friend Ryan Imsey, aka Rimsey, on the podcast today. How do you do? <laughs> um, also, if you notice the audio quality is a lot better, that's because Lewis Calloway, also known as Lou Dog, also the owner of Calloway Technologies, shameless plug, let us borrow his microphone. So shout out Lewis for that. Um, just really wanted to have Ryan on the episode today to talk about achieving big goals. So my first question for you is how did running kind of become your thing that you wanted to accomplish like big goals with? Yeah. Um, it all started back in high school. Um, it was just before freshman year. I was kind of in between sports and I was playing fantasy football with my older brother's buddies and um, he started talking about cross country and at the time I had never heard of it and never really occurred to me what it was. And, uh, finally he started talking about it and just kind of piqued my interest, especially since a lot of the sports that I'd been in before, like baseball, basketball, um, they'd been a lot more political mm-hmm. in that a lot of the like a team or really any ranking team. The parents those sports, get involved. Yep. And they're, you know, they, they want the best for their kids and they want them to Oh my, you know, my kid deserves to be on double A or triple A oh, team. That's, and that's no. That's yeah. Annoying. And it, it kind of became a popularity contest, I would say. I mean, there's definitely some talent involved, but yeah. um, I did not want to be around that. And he explained to me how cross country works. And it's literally just based on how fast you can run objectively. Mm-hmm. There's no, really no political aspect to it. So yeah, that was pretty great. And I, I also got to meet some of the other people um it was some of his friends who were in it that I knew and they were probably about the most well the most welcoming and nice people um especially when I was an eighth grader or whatever like they you know you seem kind of nervous when you see big seniors and juniors Mm -hmm. and but they the seniors and juniors I met on the cross-country team were the nicest people and I, I saw what they did during the season they'd have like big pasta parties and they during the summer before the season they have like captain's practices and but it's it's just a lot of fun. So it, it really seemed appealing to me with the people and the aspect of there not being any politics involved. So Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Obviously you joined the cross country team and then the track team too, right? Did you have any um goals, I guess, because obviously, you know, a marathon is twenty-six point whatever miles you don't run that much in cross country or track did you have any like smaller goals I don't want to minimize it because it's still like a goal but did you have any other goals like when you were on the teams in high school and stuff like that no no yeah and this this started obviously when I first started which was the summer before freshman year Um, I I joined run club because I heard it's highly recommended especially since I'd never ran before and Mm -hmm. I remember especially in middle school (laughs) I felt kind of out of shape because I, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a stream being kid and like I, you know, I could only run like a 730 mile and that wasn't very impressive. So, and, Sounds but no, fast. yeah. So anyway, so no, when I started, so when the season started, I 
primarily wanted to be able to run far before like mm-hmm. the first time I ran I could not run more than like a mile continuously oh wow I was yeah I was out of shape not who I am today but anyway so yeah that was probably one of the first goals I had and then once I started and getting better I remember my first goal was to break 20 minutes in the 5k okay so like my first 5k I think I had around like a 23 50 something first meet um and and like this 20 minute mar- marker if for those who are maybe unfamiliar with running is it's kind of a big barrier. They say it's kind of hard to cross it, but then once you do, you can drop time easier. Cause, yeah. Cause generally okay. when you're getting into that good of shape, you just continually work harder and harder and you just get in better and better shape. Um, so that was one goal. And I reached that at the end of my freshman year. And then the goal was to make varsity, you know, yeah, be on yeah, the yeah. top seven because they have two separate races for most races oh, for yeah, JV for sure. and varsity. So I wanted to be good, and then I put in a lot more work before sophomore year, and then finally first meet, I, I made it after the first Oh, one. sick. Okay. So, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And then um, junior year came around, and that's when they, like, vote for captain after the junior season. And my goal was to obviously work hard, but also I wanted to be captain and maybe go to state. I mean, that was – it's a lot harder in Minnesota than oh, it is in Iowa. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> um, so that was the other goal, and – you know, I worked hard enough, and toward the end of junior year, I even broke 17 minutes in the 5K, which was great, and I was also voted captain. Sick. So, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, then senior year rolled around and kept kept working hard, kept getting to, like, meet kids and help them reach their goals and um, ended up leading the team to state, which was it was pretty awesome, I, I think. So, yeah, cool. that's, it seems like it's, it's a series of smaller goals that get bigger and bigger as – you know, you progress through running. Um, yeah. And I guess from that, I don't know, I didn't really, I, when I graduated high school, I didn't really want to run in college. I want to pursue a degree and actually feel like I'm doing something with my life. <laughs> hey, running is still <laughs> um, doing something with your life. That's fair, but I, I don't know, I, I couldn't do it. I, I needed something. It's a good lot to more commitment to run D1. Yeah. Right. Like I got a couple like D2 and D3 oh, yeah, offers yeah. and it's like, I don't really want to commit the time and feel like I'm not doing anything with academics and that's what's going to matter at the end of the day. Um, But no, I just kind of ran off and on through college and finally got to senior year here. And um, I got connected through obviously salt, met Mm -hmm. a bunch of really cool people here in Ames. And I, uh, I talked to this one, one kid who was doing a marathon up in Ely, Minnesota. And I was like, you know, it's, I've done a lot with running, but I've never really challenged myself that much. I mean, yeah, five K's are tough, but you know, that's 26.2. That's a whole nother beast. So yeah. that's, that's, I guess, kind of how my, my goals progressed with just starting high school. And yeah, that's so cool. Um, when you were talking, a question kind of came to mind. You said that you weren't like, didn't really run before and stuff like that. How did you kind of, did you have any fears of like, oh, like I'm late to this or like, I don't know how did you kind of overcome like the, I don't, or yeah, yeah. Or just like, oh, like all these people are so far ahead of me. Like I, I have to play catch up now. Like, did you ever have thoughts like that? And how did you kind of get over the hump with those? Um, at least in my case, I don't really think I did. Cause I, I joined with a, a friend who had also never really ran before. Oh, yeah. So that I, helps for sure. Honestly, we started at the same point. So I think that helped a lot. And just the fact that I knew a couple other kids on the team and like most everyone wasn't like a total, like, you know, 
uh, narcissist, I guess, of like, they think they're they better than everyone nice. else. They were actually nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So I honestly, I never really felt like I didn't really belong. Um, and especially since like I, like you start talking to the coaches and you, you just talk around a little bit and generally tend to learn that people are pretty nice. Yeah. So no, I never really felt that way. Oh, that's nice though, for sure. Um, another kind of question, this kind of leads up to the, about you running the marathon too. So obviously you had big goals, breaking them down into smaller actionable steps. What's like, what did that tangibly look like for you? I guess, because you know, you hear all the time, it's like, oh, you have to break big goals into small goals. And it's like, well, then they kind of stop the advice there. So like, I don't know, just any insights on breaking those down and like making them just less scary, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think it's important. And again, you kind of alluded to this, but uh, it's really important to break things down and take it like, you know, whatever week by week, especially with running. Like mileage is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So like you want to start out small, but then build your way up and then taper down. So it's, you know, it's like the cliche goes, train smarter, not harder. Like, yeah. yes, there's definitely a time to work hard, but that is not 24-7. Oh, for sure. Because then you're just going to burn yourself out. Yep, exactly. And I think that applies to a lot of other things in that you start out small, build up, kind of taper down before some big event, and then you, you know you're ready. Mm-hmm. So that'd be what I would say in terms of like a tangible takeaway from um, progressing through goals. Yeah. Um, have you had any like setbacks when it came to the marathon or just things not going as you wanted to? And how did you kind of persevere through those instead of just giving up and being like, oh, this is too hard. I can't do it. That yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So I actually, I had a couple. So I... I typically when I run, I can get like inflammation and mm, yeah. like that. <laughs> you can't run when you're in pain, especially when it affects your strides. And that's a big thing, especially like when I hit higher mileages, like my body just, it can't take it. Yeah. So that, that was kind of a big struggle, especially when I have to hit like these higher mileage weeks when you have to be like in training, you have to get up to like a 20 miler. Mm-hmm. The longest I ever did was 17 before I ran my 26, but um, that that was a big concern. It wasn't like terrible, but I kind of had to manage it in that I didn't really hit like very high mileage consistently. I could maybe only do like a couple weeks of it and then I'd just be like down for mm-hmm. a while. So that was one thing. And then I actually got COVID like three weeks oh, before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, that wasn't great because no. I didn't know if I was going to get well enough in time or get like long haul COVID or anything. Yeah, um, it's no joke. Yeah, I was, I mean, it... I didn't really get anything like breathing wise, but it was like, I mean, I was sick. I was tired. It was, it was terrible. I mean, I, <laughs> the first day I had it, I, I ran 10 miles, which I know sounds like Ryan. a ton, but it, <laughs> oh, it felt like 20. It was so hard. Um, but yeah, I realized like after that, like I was just way more tired than usual. And that's what a lot of it was. And it was funny. I actually, I FaceTimed a buddy at the same time because he had COVID at the same time. And we were was both it just like, Carter? No, it was Zach Winger. Oh. And I should have taken a screenshot because both of our faces were just like. We, Down bad. Yeah, we look so bad. But no, anyway, it was that. And I don't know. A lot of it was, you just can't lose hope. I mean, it's, it's really easy to just sit back and say like, there's no way I'm going to come back from mm-hmm. this, you know? Yeah. And, I did give myself an ultimatum like that the following week after I improved from COVID, I was like, okay, I'm going to run a, at least 
15 miles at the end of this and I'm going to try for 17. And if that goes well, then I'm going to do it. So I ended up setting out and this was a, I trained with a friend too. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't do most of the training by myself because it gets lonely when you run oh, yeah, for hours and hours. Um, so no, I, uh, I ran the 17 miler and everything was great. I actually felt great. My friend only ran 15 and I was like, I'm going to run an extra two. You know, we're just going to, we're just going to go through it. And yeah. The last two miles actually ended up being my fastest of that runs. So like it was, it was very much a confidence booster for me. So a lot of it is, I think just also not getting anxious, like being in the right mentality and <laughs> yeah. realizing that there is time and it is possible to do things that you think are impossible. Like not getting anxious. How, um, as a person that I'm a pretty anxious person, how do you get out of your head? Like what are some... If you've ever gotten in like a bad mindset around it, how have you kind of get gotten yourself out of it? See, a big thing for me is definitely reaching out to people who care about me, like mm. close friends, family. For sure. Or I, honestly, like just writing things down and really just trying to be logical about things and trying to take emotion out of everything. Like that. <laughs> no, no, no I, I'm serious. No, I know. I know. <laughs> it sounds kind of silly, but I, that's what's gotten me through because it's, you know, Especially when I had COVID, I mean, I definitely, like, in the middle of it, I was like, am I really going to be able to turn things around and come back? Um, but the logical part of me was like, okay, well, we'll give us a week. It's going to be rough, but maybe toward the end, we'll give us a try and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. So, And again, I had talked to my parents and a couple other friends about it. And yeah. they seemed, they, you know, they reaffirmed that that was probably the logical thing to do. And really, that gives me closure about things, knowing that I'm doing the best I can. And yeah. That's really all you can do. For That's sure. all you can give. Only 100%. Well, 110, really, but... Okay, okay. There's only a maximum that <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can yeah. hit, so yeah. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. Okay, so you get COVID, then the marathon's at the end of September up in Minnesota. Take me, like, how was the day of race day for you? Like, just kind of walk through how that whole day was for you, I guess. Yep, so it... So we got up there on a Friday because check-in was like that Friday night and then you know, sleep overnight. And then the marathon, I think, started at 7 a.m., I want to say. Okay. The following day, nice and early, so you don't lose yeah. a lot of sleep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so after check-in, um, there was a, again, the buddy of mine, his dad and his brother were doing the half marathon. Okay. So, cool. and they rented an Airbnb. So I, I stayed overnight with them and then my parents stayed at a separate place. We just figured that'd be easier because then I could just go with them to the buses and everything would work out easier. Um, so yeah, no, the night before was fine and it's kind of crazy. I actually didn't feel like very anxious the night before, which like- Oh, wow. Before, that's, oh, that's good though. I know, yeah. It, it was kind of different because especially in high school, like, man, I would get so nervous before me. It's because I'd be yeah, like, you yeah. know, I'm a, I'm a cat. Well, especially senior year. I was like, I'm a captain. I'm a senior. You know, there's like a lot of pressure. Oh, for sure. Um, but then this time it's like, you know, I was really only doing this for fun with a buddy. And I don't know, I definitely tend to do better when there's like less pressure involved. So yeah, like there's not like, I mean, obviously you hope that you get a good placement, but it's not like, this isn't like a state meet where it's like, it's just a different dynamic when you're competing, like, on a team versus individually, I right. feel like. Right. And like, I never, I don't know, I knew I'd take like the marathon at like smaller, smaller chunks. And I knew that like, you know, since I was going to run it with my buddy, I was like, I know he's got my back if anything happens. And yeah, I got for his. sure. So that was, I think a really big helper for it. But anyway, so I, after the night got through and then we woke up in the morning and 
had like our little pre-race meal, mm-hmm. you know, because I should say too, the night before we, we carbo loaded. I know oh yeah. 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 That's uh, a thing. Most people seem to know about that. Um, so we went out to like an Italian place and I probably had a little too much cheese than I should have, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, there's a back there's, story. Yeah. There's wall, a front story, I would say. Oh, okay, okay. anyway, anyway. So yeah. And then the morning of had, you know, pre-race meal or whatever, which for me was like peanut butter waffles and oh, what else did I have? I think a banana. That was it pretty much. Okay. So nothing super heavy um, and just getting ready. And finally, like got stuff together, went to the buses and then. Um, got out on the finish line or sorry starting line and then you know just kind of got ready and well off went the gun like then you're off so yeah is there was there like a certain point during the 26 what's is it 26.3 two this i know did you listen to music at all during this or no not till the last two miles really Mm -hmm. okay and i'll get to that too there's a lot oh okay so is there a certain point like where you're like, oh my gosh, like, I'm dead. Like, I can't, like... Those last two miles. <laughs> the last two miles, that's yeah. why the music? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Tell us about this front load cheese situation. Okay, well, I'll just, I'll go through, like, the whole... Yeah, 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 race. for sure. So, really, the start, I would say, was pretty uneventful. It was, like, very, very ideal weather. Like, it was 48 degrees, overcast, no wind. And that a is nice. It was, like, a little bit of mist, which I, I love, personally. Okay. And this is like beautiful. So we started on like a dirt road, kind of, well, I mean, in the middle of nowhere, but you're, you know, you're in the boundary waters. So it's, you got lakes and like forest. It's just, it's oh, I so it was in boundary waters. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's way North Minnesota. And it was peak fall at the time too. So it was, it was just really pretty. So no, anyway, so we started and I will say, I think the hardest thing to do in a marathon beside the distance is to hold something back at the starting line. Like not just start off like super fast yeah because when you're yeah. sitting there you're like you're, you're pumped you're ready to get it done you have adrenaline but you have to you have to hold back otherwise you're gonna hit a wall and after like yeah, 10 miles sure. and it's gonna be a miserable race so and again that helps when i ran with my buddy and we went out at like what we wanted to and we honestly talked like a normal conversation for like the first 10 miles that's <laughs> like, nice it, yeah i mean it was the views it was this, yeah it was it was everything it was it was pretty great to talk and um yeah, anyway, so after I would say probably like the first, I'd say the first like 14, 15 miles were pretty trouble-free. And then I, there was something brewing in my stomach <laughs> after that, which was the cheese from night, the night before. And Yikes. I, you know, if any if anyone runs and like, you got to go, you got to go. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So after that, like what our 15th miles, like, all right, next porta potty, we are stopping. So, and up until this point, I, I had not stopped during the whole marathon. Like, I just went to the water stations, got a water. Like, that was mostly it. Or, like, I, you down a goo every hour. So, that's yeah, that's what I did. Um, but, yeah, no, after, once the 16th mile hit, there was a porta potty there. And, yeah, I, we went to the side and did our business quick. We dropped, <laughs> we dropped, how do you say that? I prefer to say, like, we dropped we, a log. Like. <laughs> we, I was going to say, we stopped, dropped, and left or something. But I, I don't know what I was going to say. Um, we, I think we know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, after that, and then I would say everything was still fine. I mean, you know, normal aches and pains of running. And yeah. Once we get to mile 20, my buddy's stomach doesn't feel great. Like, I think it felt a lot worse than I did. And it's just like, I think it was one of the goose he had. And I said, okay, fine. Second time we stopped. Um, it is for him. And um, he was sitting there for a while. And he's like, dude, my stomach's not improving. And I was like, okay, I... I'm going to go ahead. Like, I'm feeling great. We're going to get this done. Like, yeah. I know if I was in your spot, I'd want you to go. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that was fine. And 
um, so yeah, everything was fine up until I'd say maybe like the the following like three miles, which were like all uphill. And oh. keep in mind, like throughout the race, like the total elevation gain I think was like a thousand one hundred two hundred feet gain. Okay. So at that at that point, there was like not much, but like the last six miles were a lot of uphill. So like the next three miles were pretty rough, and then. Like the 24th mile, I remember I ran really fast, like a minute faster per mile. Oh, that's awesome, though. And then, yeah. But then after that, I was feeling it. And then the last couple miles were just hanging on for life. Like, mm-hmm. That's really all it was. So, But overall, it was good. You know, I finished pretty high. And, I mean, I pretty much accomplished what I wanted to. So yeah, I, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. It kind of sounds like I think it's good to have individual goals. But especially when it's something big, just from hearing your experience with it, I feel like it's so much makes the experience so much better and just maybe easier to bear if you're not doing it alone. Cause like you had your friend to train with and run the actual race with. So yeah, I think maybe that's a good takeaway mm-hmm. is to maybe consider doing it with a friend or something like that. Yeah. And also I started small, like this marathon wasn't very big. I mean, and I kind of wanted that. Like it honestly felt like more of a training run than anything. Honestly. Oh, okay. It didn't really feel like much of a race. Wow. Okay. I, I mean, you know, 26 miles is 26 miles, but I don't know. I just really like the atmosphere and everything. So. Yeah. Cool. What's like, do you have a next big thing you want to do with running or even if it doesn't have to do with running at all? Well, what's like your next thing? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to at some point qualify for Boston, yeah. which I think is doable. I, I feel like I held a fair bit back during my last marathon. And I think with just some more training and probably better diet, I, I definitely could have done that better. <laughs> um, that's a hard thing to do. Um, yeah. But I think with those things, I should be able to do that, no problem. So, <laughs> Ask some questions about how I cope with things, Yeet. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so can you – what was your first question, just so? Yeah, so I guess this is similar to what you asked me earlier. Um, but what's, what's, like, the hardest thing that you've ever done, and like, how did you do it? I mean, you know, just kind of big oh. picture. But I, I guess go into as much detail as you want. Um, I guess, like, I don't have, like, a tangible, well, like, a goal in terms of, like, running, I guess, or, like, doing something sports-related. Yeah, what about, like, yeah, college, it's like job search, life, um, future? Like, I, I mean, there's kind of some big things, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess my biggest thing, like, I don't want to beat a dead horse because I talked about it before but basically like January through May was like a really like this year was just like not good for me just like a lot was going on in my personal life and just like mental health and then also thinking about graduation and jobs so just like a lot of things at me at one time and I think I just had to like admit to myself that I can't figure all this out on my own like I wanted to fix things and just keep my head down and figure my shit out, honestly. And I think the only thing that really got me through is just like leaning on my people and like seeking help externally because I think like I was embarrassed to like admit that I needed help. And I think also just a big thing is being patient with yourself because that's something I'm not very good at. And just like giving yourself grace and knowing like, You have to take things day by day. Things are not going, like, accepting that things are not going to get better on day two or three or even, like, in two weeks. Like, you have to allow, like, yourself time to 
basically figure stuff out, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no. And I just, I just want to make a point, I guess, that it's kind of crazy that we think that, you know, we're bothering people or that we're embarrassed to ask for help. But I think in reality, showing that kind of vulnerability brings you closer to people. Yeah, and I, think, I agree. I think generally people will be more than willing to help with anything we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes I'm just like scared to like for people to know like what bad things are going on. Yeah. I like, think yeah. it's it's easy to overanalyze and overthink things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Speaking it, to a chronic overthinker. Right. Yes. So I guess one, one thing too is, and I don't know if you want, how much you want to talk about this, but what about like your dad and that whole oh, situation? Like, yeah, that will, I guess the reason I didn't really bring that up like recently because since he passed when I was so young I didn't really process it until really about last year just because like I was talking to my mom about it actually and she was like and I was like I don't know why I like didn't really feel anything for a while she's like well you literally were so young you didn't process anything and obviously like when I was little it was hard but like that was also a pretty tough time too when I think it was like in September of last year he would have been 50 and just like that hit me like a freaking bus I was like not good for a while and just like the way that it all happened like when he passed like was really tragic too and um honestly this is I don't think I've really ever like talked I maybe like talked about this at like my like connection group and stuff, but I think this is a God thing. I remember I was literally just like sitting in my room, just like sobbing about what it all happened. And it sounds really nuts. Like I'm not crazy. I just, it was like a God thing, I swear. So I like in my head, like heard like my dad's voice and he was like, I'm here. Like, I kid you not. And I was like, what? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm making it, but it like comforted me, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't care. I'm like, I look like him. I have his personality and like, just like carry that in my heart and just remembering like, even though he's not physically here, like I still carry that with me every day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of have something similar with um, my grandpa who passed, well, geez, 2020 was a year, but yeah, man, both, yeah, yeah, yeah. both of my grandfathers passed away that year too. Oh, I didn't know that. Not due to COVID, that. thankfully. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was mostly natural causes and they were both kind of, they weren't in great shape. Um, yeah. But one of them I was especially close to the one on my mom's side and, um, like I used to go fishing with him all the time. I'd help him like fixing things and I don't know, he just, he really helped shape me into who I am. He was one of my primary role models, I mm-hmm. would say. And, you know, my mom especially was very, very emotional about the whole thing because he died suddenly. Yeah. Um, and, like, I remember we were literally on our way to go see him for one of the last times. And, like, we got a call right before we were about to leave that he passed. Oh, my gosh. So that, yeah, that was, that was pretty tragic, pretty hard on my yeah. mom. And I'm not, like, a super emotional person initially. But, I mean, when I get thinking, like, it's, you know, it, it can hit. And, yeah, for sure. But I'm very, very thankful to have you know, had a grandfather like him who's loving, caring, and would only want the best for me. And Mm -hmm. the fact that I reflect a lot of him, like I still love fishing. Like that was something we always did. I will always do that till I die. Um, And also just wanting to fix things and 
like he also loved having a cabin and that's why someday I want to have one. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of carry on the tradition. So. And you have like special memories and stuff like that. There right. Too. Yep. Traditions and yeah, exactly. That mean a whole lot than maybe they do to other people. So yeah, I can definitely relate. Yeah. All right, so that is all that we have for this episode today. Thank you all so much for listening, and shout out to Ryan for coming on the episode. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, y'all, for listening. And again, follow Callaway Technologies (laughs) if you haven't yet. You might get a free t-shirt if you do. No, I'm out. No, You don't have any more t-shirts, Lewis? No, he means we're going to start selling some crop tops. No, not selling crop tops. We will get so many. Do it. I'd wear it. I could be your I could be your brand ambassador for Lewis for Callaway Technology. It's concerning how many more people just want a shirt that has my logo on it than actual IT services. But I'll consider it. Alright. Thank you guys again so much for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Hands Happenings. You can find us on Apple Music and Spotify and Anchor. Or actually, I can't say wherever else you listen because they aren't there. But I'm going to look into getting this on like Google Podcasts, Stitcher, that type of thing. Um, Feel free to follow the Instagram. I've already plugged it a million times, so you know the drill. But if there's any other like topics, questions, Anything you want to see on the podcast, feel free to send a DM. How hope, hope you're having a great day, week, month, year, and see you in the next one. Bye.